0: Life, if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you, you'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life.
1: Friends, he discovered, Oh my gosh, we have been doing so wrong. And the, the word of the Lord. Detailed and outlined how far off base they had been. And it distressed him. It produced what's called godly sorrow. And the sorrow was so great that Josiah actually got scared.
0: He was scared of the wrath of God. Now, Dove, today people aren't scared of the wrath of God. Yeah, there's no fear of God before their eyes. And it's interesting you brought that up because um, with my own personal testimony, I had been a drug addict for 18 years. And people told me how they commended me of how. Great it was, and how smart I was to finally stop doing drugs. I said, "No, I was just too afraid of God to put drugs in my yeah. body anymore." It wasn't smarts; it was fear. Yeah, it was <laughs> repentance that was accompanied with the fear of the Lord, yeah. and then the love of the Lord as I began to turn from those things. And the Bible says in Second Timothy, uh, chapter two, that the Lord even grants repentance; He helps us to repent. and And also something that's on my heart. Ray, that goes right along with that false worship that was going on in that temple is a, a gospel of Jesus Christ without repentance is a false gospel. Let me share something from Galatians and then a passage in Luke in Galatians chapter one of six through nine. The apostle Paul writes to the Galatians about their false gospel. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Now, look what our risen Savior says in Luke 24 about the true gospel, and let's compare it to the the gospel without repentance that's so popular today. Uh, Luke 24, beginning in verse 46, then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. That's the gospel, right? And what's the next verse? And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Now, I don't think anyone could better define the gospel of Jesus Christ. Than Jesus Christ Himself, exactly, our risen Savior, and He tells us it's a gospel of repentance. I always
1: tell people there's no such thing as a non repentant salvation. There's That's not. Right. That's right. You just can't do it. That's right. There's no such thing as driving to Dallas if you don't re- leave Houston. That's right. I mean, it's, we understand that, and it's it's basic. 101 stuff. It's absurd to think that you can get saved without repenting. Well, I'll just keep doing what I want because Jesus just loves me so much. He wants me to be happy. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing
0: because Jesus would like me to have what I want. That's right. And sin makes me happy. So I'm just going to keep sinning. And the more I sin, the more grace I'll get. And that's what Paul said. Shall we sin? The grace may abound. God forbid. Certainly not. Yeah. You know, friends, I,
1: I, uh, I know some, there's a lot of people out there hearing this today. You're thinking what you're doing is not sin. You're, you're thinking in your mind and your rationalization, uh, the way you justify things, you're, you've come up with this little loophole gymnastics thing where what you're doing is really okay. Well, you, there's a pressure on you. There is a pressure in your life that you know is there. You've got that little pressure in there and you don't know what it is. You've been wondering, what is this thing and why won't it go away? If Jesus loves me so much and wants me to be happy, why doesn't he just remove this thing? Because that little pressured thing is trying to get you down on your knees. It's trying to get you to that point of fear. Oh, my gosh, I messed up. God, forgive me. Like Josiah said, that's why that's there, friend. And so you can justify it in your mind all you want. But down in your heart, you're you're aching. And you need to be rid of that ache. And this is how you do it. You say, Lord God, forgive me, I sinned, I I bombed it, I'm sorry, what I'm doing is wrong, like Josiah did. He goes, oh man, oh, we messed up, and God is mad at us for our sin. Yes, friend, God is mad at you for your sin, but he wants to save you from your sin so that he can exert all his anger somewhere else on the sin and not on you. Where's that somewhere else? That somewhere else is on Christ on the cross, Amen. so that you can be saved from it. So. Now, friends, the Lord is patient with us, and I want you to, uh, I want you to hear from uh, uh, 2 Peter 3, 9. It says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, it says the Lord is long-suffering toward us. That means he waits, and he waits, and
0: he waits for us to come around. Dove, I hate to think about how long it took for him he waited on me. Yes, I was a demonstration of the Lord's grace, mercy, and patience. I often tell people the difference between patience and long-suffering.
1: Okay, let's say I want a donut, and I go to the store. I'm talking about losing weight, and I'm on donuts already. But I go to the store, and I buy a donut, like the little chocolate-covered ones, in the or the little Debbie or whatever it is. But not a burger and fries. But not a burger and fries, I'm but I'll buy you. the donut. Okay. okay. <laughs> So you stand in line, and the line's not moving very fast. You're like, oh, gosh, I just want a donut, okay? But, okay, you get your donut, and you eat it. You're in the parking lot, probably done eating it before you drive off. Okay, that's patience, all right, because you waited to buy that donut. Here's long-suffering. Long-suffering is you got to go buy all the ingredients that it re- to make the donut. You have to go buy the fryer. You have to go buy the grease. You have to go assemble it at home. You got to pour the grease in there. You got to heat it up. You got to read the recipe, how to mix the batter. Then you put it in and you fry it for how long? Then you take it out and let it drain. Then you got to get the sprinkle. And and after I don't know how much money and all this stuff, now you finally got a donut. Okay. That's long suffering. Okay. Sounds like it. All right. Scripture says God is not just patient, He is long suffering toward us, friends. That means he goes above and beyond anything we think. He's waiting on us to finally get it that what we're doing is wrong. Some people say God is so short-tempered. No, he is long-suffering. And friends, I want you to understand that, that uh, as serious a thing as sin is, God's waiting for you, waiting for you. But make no mistake about it, sin is a bad deal. Dove, I'm thinking about when Jesus said, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out mm-hmm. and throw it away. That means get it out of your life and get as much distance between you and it as you can. Not just just a, a simple, what people do with it. They, they simplify it down too much. Jesus said, basically, get as ruthless with sin as you have
0: to, to get rid of it. Any way you slice it, the wages of sin is still death
1: death is, who wants death in their life. It's a bad deal. Mm -hmm. I remember that movie of that guy, he had a computer problem. And so he took the computer out in the backyard and he beat it up with a bat.
0: (laughs) I know how I feel sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. And
1: he was as ruthless as he had to be. And friends, that's the way you got to be with sin. You got to be downright ruthless with it. Um, So we have to demonstrate repentance. Or else you're stuck with what's called trash management. Uh, And here's where I'm coming to with that is that, say, mom says, I want you to to clean the floors, but you sweep it under the rug. You still have that trash in the house. So what you should do is you should vacuum it up and throw the bag outside and get it outside of the Mm -hmm. house in the garbage. Let the garbage man take it away from your house. And you don't care where it goes as long as it's gone, right? But if you get into trash management, you're going to. Hide some under the rug. You're going to hide some under the couch cushions or under the couch and maybe under the dog's bed or under the the cabinets. You know, you're not really getting it out. And we have to take sin ruthlessly to get rid of it. Get it out of your life. Don't just relocate it to another place. Well, I'll put it aside for now, but then you'll come around to it eventually. And your house still smells. You know, your life still stinks. And you got to get it out, friends. You're wondering why does life? Why does life stink so bad? Get the sin out. Amen. Get the sin out of your house. Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen says, he who covers his sins, thinking of that rug, <laughs> he who covers his sins will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Friends, are you crying out for mercy? I can't take this anymore. God help me. Why did not Jesus do something? Stop covering your sins. That's right. Get it out of the house. Your life smells. Sin is death. It doesn't smell good. It's a terrible aroma. I want the aroma of my life before the Lord to be good. I want him to love what he, what he senses from me. And friends, he's being very patient with you. Now, another part of this is that Matthew 3, verse 8 says, produce fruit. You want to produce fruit, not have a smelly life anymore. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. It means you've got to do it all the time. Dove, I talked about losing weight. That didn't happen overnight. I think the 70 pounds I lost initially probably took about six months. Mm -hmm. I had to stick with it. I'm still not as heavy as I used to be. That means I'm still sticking with it. So you can't just decide one or two days, I'm going to go on a weight loss plan and maybe lose a pound and a half and say, well, I can't do it anymore. And I'm going to go right back to it. Well, nobody's going to see any difference. Your body's not going to feel any different at all. You got to stick with it. Friends repentance, a walk with Jesus Christ, is a continual, every day, all the time deal. It's not like, well, I repented one time in church camp when I was 16, and I'm good. You got to stick with it. It's a lifelong commitment.
0: And I really think that goes to First John 1. We uh, first experience and participate with the Lord in repentance, repent and believe in the gospel to be saved, yes? But then there's the lifestyle of repentance you're talking about. And when we here in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, well, that means confessing and repenting of sins. It doesn't mean, well, I confess the sin, but continue in it, right? right. That wouldn't make any sense. So in 1 John uh, 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if you back up just a little bit, you go to verse verse 8, Uh Or even verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And so, as we walk with Jesus the Lord and grow in his grace, he continues to show us sin in our life, areas of our life, hey, get that out, and what does he replace that with? Himself. His goodness. It's a good deal. You should take it, right? Right. And and so that's when it goes into if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And we certainly don't want to do that. So as we grow in his grace, he's Lord of our life, and at the appropriate time at different stations in our walk by grace with our Savior Jesus, he'll show us. Your sin in your life, or this is a sin, or when we sin in, and we realize, ah, oh, I need to confess that to Jesus the Lord of sin and repent of that. Repentance is part of that. It's a lifestyle of repentance, walking with our Savior Jesus and walking with one another in Jesus'
1: Lord. Amen? Amen, with one another. Friends, some of you may have someone in your life, a coworker that's a believer, a family member, friend, somebody that's try- been trying to talk to you about a sin issue in your life, and you're not listening for whatever reason. You're not listening to them because, well, I remember what my friend did 20 years ago. They're a hypocrite, or, or you're just not ready to hear it. But you're, I want you to understand that God has put people along your life to try to tell you, to warn you. He's being long-suffering with you. He's working with you. He's trying to tell you these are things you need to get rid of. He's got people in your life telling you what you're doing is wrong. You need to repent of that, and you're thinking, "Well, I'm saved. I'm saved." But you may not. If you're sinning and you say you don't have sin, you're deceived. Like Dove just said, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. So, I'm, friend, I want to ask you: Do you look at your life and say, "Well, I'm not really doing anything wrong"? <laughs> well, chances are you're deceived. We are sinners. That's that's what we are. We do that. I want you to hear Acts three eighteen. I'm sorry, three nineteen says, repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I know that there is somebody out there somewhere, you're hearing me right now, you are looking for that refreshing from the Lord, you are looking for times of refreshing, you're not getting it, you are out of steam. Well, I'm going to tell you why you're out of steam, because you're running on your steam. You need to run on the Lord's steam. He never runs out. So switch your steam engine off and switch to His, and call upon Him. Repent and be converted. You want refreshing? Get it from Christ. You are never going to find it on your own power. It's not there. You're never going to reach it. See your friends that are telling you this thing that you're doing, whatever it is, you know it's not right, or you're hearing them and you're not really listening to them. Well, what do they know? They, they're not God. Well, maybe God's trying to speak through them to you, and you're not listening. I want to ask you. Would you consider listening to what they're telling you? In, in, in light with what me and Dover are telling you all today from the scriptures, would you at least consider listening to what they're trying to tell you? They're trying to see that you experience the same refreshing that they've got. Give, that, give it a shot, in, if anything, and, and say, you know what, maybe what I am doing is wrong. Ask the Lord God to say, Lord God, I don't even know. I'm just, I don't understand. He will respect that. So he'll say, "Yeah, okay, just ask me." I'll, he'll tell you. He'll he'll fill you in. Dove, I think that makes a big difference in some people's lives when they will ask, actually ask the Lord God. Lord, let me just put it to you, God. Am I doing wrong?
0: Yeah, yeah, Ray. The thing is, is that just like uh, the Lord uh, through Moses and the Torah and the writings in the Old Testament, He said the Lord puts before us life and death. But he really wants us to choose life. He loves us. He takes no pleasure in judgment and discipline, but it's necessary because he's just holy, righteous, and good. Yes. And so Proverbs 29.1 says something to the one who's being warned over and over and over and just refuses to listen. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. That's Proverbs 29.1. But why not instead receive Jesus as Lord? Repent. Believe in the gospel. And Ray, let me ask you a question. Is it possible, and maybe even likely, that someone is listening who hasn't been converted from darkness to light yet, who hasn't repented of their sins and received Jesus as Lord uh, and, and believed in the gospel? Do you think it's possible there's someone listening today just like that?
1: Well, if I didn't think that, I wouldn't be on the radio. There you now, go. Somebody's got to be out there. Just, it, this, got, this message has to be striking them. Amen. Lead them to Jesus the Lord now, brother Ray. You know, friends, 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10 says, for godly sorrow produces repentance. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. King Josiah had godly sorrow. He was, oh, no, we messed up. God is angry. Godly sorrow produces repentance. You have to have godly sorrow. You have to have the Lord I am sorry element in your life. Mm -hmm. And if you're feeling that, thank God, because now you have godly sorrow. And it says that that produces repentance. Now, now that if you've got a sense of repentance from that godly sorrow, it now says that repentance now leads to salvation. Now, if I used to work on a ranch and there was a, hor- a new horse we got that didn't know where the water trough was, I had to lead him to the trough. Mm-hmm. I led him there, but he never drank. He just wasn't ready. Okay. Now, friends, this godly sorrow can produce repentance. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorrow. Sorry. But it can only lead you to salvation. It'll lead you there. But friends, what I'm asking is, does your repentance lead you enough to salvation that you accept it? Are you ready to accept it? Or are you going to be that horse? No, I'm not drinking out of that funny-looking trough. I'm asking you, will you take a drink from this trough? You'll never be thirsty Hallelujah. again. So, friends, here's the gospel. Like Josiah, oh, no, we messed up. We figuratively tear our clothes. That was Josiah's godly sorrow expressed outwardly. He tore his clothes. Friends, are you tearing your clothes? Are you Are you doing some kind of thing that says, I am in deep sorrow and I I can't do anything about it? Lord, what do I do? Here's what you do, friends. You give it to the Lord God. You give it to Jesus. Turn it over to him. Dove, would you lead people in prayer how they can be saved? They're used to hearing it from me. Let's have them hear it from you.
0: Yes. Pray something like this from your heart. These aren't magic words, but they're powerful, profound, biblical words. So pray something like this, Oh. Uh Lord Jesus I have sinned against you I have broken God our Father's laws and I need to be saved I I believe you died on the cross for my sins Lord Jesus I believe you were buried and on the third day you rose from the grave friends that's the gospel of Jesus Christ and 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 Lord Jesus I now am turning away from my sins and guess what there's a prayer God will always answer, O Father in heaven, please show me my sins. His Holy Spirit is showing you even now. Here's what you need to repent of. You need to get right with the Lord. Begin now to hate your sin and and see it as God sees it. Agree with him. That means to confess it as sin and begin now in your heart and your mind to turn from it and believe that Jesus the Lord died on the cross for your sins and rose again and then Call upon his name, just like Ray spoke of earlier. This is a right application of that verse in Romans. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Lord Jesus, save me. Lord Jesus, help me. Lord Jesus, give me this eternal life and forgive me in my sins. I'm turning away from them now as much as I know. Please help me repent and follow you, Lord Jesus. And then begin to thank him for the eternal life he's giving you as he's forgiving you of your sins. Oh, Father in heaven, thank you for saving someone out there or some ones out there, and please bless them now and help them follow Jesus as Lord. Amen. Amen.
1: Some of y'all friends, uh, if you really believe that, if you really say, okay, Ray, I, I'll take that. I, that. You're talking straight to me. I, I need this, but I don't understand all the churchy stuff. I don't understand all the ceremonies and all that stuff. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about you getting right with the Lord. That's it. Amen. Wherever you're at, you're sitting in your car listening to this or you're on your podcast headphones, whatever. That's what we're talking about. The thief got saved on the cross. It was died next to Jesus. He wasn't in a church when he got saved. He he didn't ha- have a, a a fog machine blowing smoke and lasers and st- stuff like that. He <laughs> He didn't have a big spin from brilliant theologians. Uh, He didn't have an ego. It was just a naked man dying on a cross. That's it. And he got saved right there because he said, Lord, forgive me. Remember me when you go into your kingdom. That was it. So, friend, wherever you're at, you're you're scared of the the seemingly religious nonsense out there. I, I don't like it either. But you're thinking that keeps you from getting saved because you're not walking into a building somewhere. You're not going up to a priest or some kind. The only priest you need to walk up to is Jesus Christ, and you can do that right now where you are, wherever you're at. I hope we got through to you today. Somebody somewhere got this, and if you said that prayer that Dove led you in and you meant it, you're saved right now where you are. Hallelujah. And I want you to let us know. If you were affected by this, would you go to setforliferadio.com? Send me an email. Mm -hmm. Let us know how it affected you. You, We wanted to be a great encouragement to you today. We would like for you to be an encouragement back to us by letting us know your story and telling us, man, you got me today. Well, praise God if we got you.
0: Hallelujah. And praise his holy name, Lord Jesus.
1: Dove, it's been great having you. And uh, I'll continue to walk that life of repentance with you. Amen. Until the Lord takes me back. Because... That's just the way it goes, and it's a great life to live. It's a wonderful way to live.
0: Well, Ray, I'm always thankful to be with you on the podcast and anything we get to do in ministry together, because truly in our Savior Jesus, we're set for life. Amen. Friends, he kind of alluded to my little closer there.
1: (laughs) You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross so that you can be set for life. then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life.
0: You'll be set for-